This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. We report on the biblical counseling movement around the world. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers. Today, we highlight the story of OIC. In 2006, OIC began with a commitment to train trainers in biblical counseling around the world. Today, we have the distinct privilege of hearing the story of how OIC got started and the wonderful grace and amazing work God has done through OIC's founder, Wayne Vanderweer. Right now, we have a wonderful privilege of just learning how OIC came to be. God is a faithful God, always been faithful, always will, and uses faithful people to uh, strengthen and build his church and just make his name famous throughout the world. And so we have with us today our current director at large and former executive director and the man that God faithfully used to get OIC off the ground and ministering to people throughout the world, Wayne Vanderweer. Wayne? It's a joy to be with you. Thank you. Oh, this is a wonderful time. And uh, it's always been a joy for me to hear the story uh, about OIC. You and I have had a, a blessed opportunity of, of just being joined together in friendship and in brotherhood. And we've had an opportunity to serve in various places uh, throughout the world. And every time I go, uh, I hear the story over and over. And I don't think, I don't think I've ever been unimpressed um, by the story of God's faithfulness in and through you. And so uh, I think it's very important for people to know uh, just what God has done in and through you and Susie and getting OIC off the ground. Um, so with that in mind, I, I think the first question that we would want to ask is what did God use to bring about the idea of OIC? Yeah, thank you, Andrew. The, uh, the story of OIC is a story of God's faithfulness. It's a story of God's grace and goodness to us. Um, there I was in Indiana, being a, a faithful pastor as best I could, minding my own business, attending to my church. And I received a letter in 1994, back when there were letters, like before email. <laughs> sure. This was an actual letter that came in the mail. Yeah. And um, it was one of those that invited me to come to Hungary and teach an introduction to biblical counseling course. Uh, my first thought, of course, was, where's Hungary? Because... <laughs> I'm an American. I don't know geography very sure, well. Yeah. And so we quickly looked, and I thought, sure, uh, we'll, we'll do that. One week, pretty easy, Bible Institute level. This will be fun. And so in the spring of 95, I went to Hungary for the first time. But when I got off the plane, the director of that ministry met me. We had dinner together. And the question I asked him was this, who's helping the pastors in Hungary? I was a pastor. I have a heart for pastors. I care about pastors. When I was a younger guy and going through theological training, I didn't get any help. Uh, in my seminary, a good evangelical conservative seminary, um, I was told, don't counsel. That just We just give that to the professionals, the troubled people in your church. You send them away, and the professional will treat them and send them back fixed. I thought, cool, good idea. That's what I'll do when I become a pastor. But when I got biblical counseling training, and when I began to think more about how this might be done in my life, in my church, and with others in our area, and I got off the plane in Hungary, I said, who's helping the pastors in Hungary? And of course, the answer is nobody. And that then sent us on a journey, Susie and I, to pray for and think about um, why not? Why wouldn't God raise up somebody in the biblical counseling movement to invest their lives in helping pastors around the world? 
And we literally thought and prayed about that for about 10 years. So it was that trip and then succeeding trips to other nations that brought about the idea of a ministry like OIC. Okay. So I heard you say you thought about doing this kind of a ministry for well over 10 years, yep. roughly 10 years. Yep. Wow. Okay. So uh, then where did you go first and what did you learn? Yeah. So by God's grace, in the fall of 2005, we began to actually make plans, think about doing this kind of a thing, talk to our church about this. Um, in 2006, we formed the organization. I resigned the church. Susie was teaching at the university. She left her job. I left my job, and we launched by faith. June 10, 2006 was the actual launch date for OIC. June 11 was my last day as a pastor in 2006. And the very next month, we were in the Philippines. About 100 pastors at a pastor's conference, my responsibility to begin to talk to them about biblical counseling. That was pretty exciting for us. Wow. No, that's great. And so, so, that's, so we're looking at about 10 years, you thought about doing it, and then uh, you resigned from church uh, as a pastor, and then immediately, well, actually before you even resigned, you had started OIC, and then the very first place you went was the Philippines. Right. Wonderful. And so, okay, so uh, as you thought about doing that, uh, I'm going to assume at some point you thought about long-term Obviously, you had stopped being a senior pastor of a church. Um, you're still fairly young. You have, some, you have some years ahead of you. So long-term plans, what were you thinking? Yeah, thanks for fairly young. We were in our mid-50s by that time already. Um, so yes, I guess fairly young uh, in terms of ministry time. Um, we, we, we got to the Philippines and immediately began to discover that um, this thing would be much more I don't know, complicated, interesting, mm. challenging than what we ever imagined. And we began to make plans for how God might use this um, in the years ahead. So part of the calculus for Susie and I was, okay, mid-50s, we're thinking we may have something like 20 years of active, full-time, aggressive, um, assertive ministry left until someplace in the mid-70s. We had an awareness that advancing age will at some point slow people down a little bit, sure. but we wanted to charge hard for for the next 20 years. And the question was, what do we do in those last 20 years of active ministry in our lives? One option, of course, was to stay at the church. We loved our church. They loved us. Things were going well, and that would have been comfortable and easy uh, for us. Starting OIC um, was a fresh challenge and a new direction and so we began to think like this, um, and, we, and we began to think actually in five-year groups of years. We're not communists, but we, we had a five-year plan, and the five-year plans included during the first five years, just figure out how to do it. We came to recognize as we started that we are beginning something here that nobody else has done before and that we don't know if it can be done, and we don't know if anyone will support it to be done. So for us, this was a huge leap of faith. What we did not have is any supporters. We did not have any curriculum. We clearly just did not know what we're doing. We've tried to keep that little secret now for all of these years that <laughs> sure. I never have really known what I'm doing. We just launched by faith this ministry. So for the first five years, figure out how to do it. And then at the end of those first five years, 
ask the Lord to bring others along that would be able to help us do it. And and according to our plan, God's plans are God's plans, and we don't know. We keep our plans in open, empty hands. But God honored that, and we began to see how to do this. And toward the end of those first five years, the first couple came to us and said, hey, I'm leaving my ministry as a pastor. I'm shifting responsibilities in my church. Could OIC use a couple like us? Here's an ACBC certified biblical counselor, a wonderful friend. And I thought, isn't that interesting that God would do that right at this time? The second five years, we thought we'll do it. We'll do it more effectively, Lord willing. And we'll add additional people to the plan. And toward the end of the second five years, we would begin to look for my replacement. We'd begin to look for uh, the guy who would be the next executive director to move the ministry forward, because by that time I'd be in my late 60s and heading towards 70, and it might be time for us to think about younger, newer leadership that would move the thing forward. For the third five years, we would complete the transition process, and I would just work for that guy uh, and do what he asks uh, according to whatever job description we hammer out together. And then for the fourth five years, uh, just continue to work for him, work for with OIC, troubleshooting, doing ministry in whatever way we could do. God has been gracious through the years, through each of these segments of time, to allow us to add not only the one couple, but now we have 21. And by the time somebody's viewing this, we may have more than 30 uh, missionary families as a part of the ministry of OIC. Uh, by this time, you have come along. We began to work with the board um, about four years ago uh, to think about the next executive director. We drew the profile of that man. Uh, God led us to see that you fit the profile for that next executive director. We talked almost four years ago now yeah. about uh, youth being able to take this responsibility, and the time was not right for you at that time. But the time has become right for you to take over this responsibility. And so now we have the next executive director in place. And God is graciously allowing us to continue to work on behalf of OIC in various places. So that's kind of the story. Yeah, and it's a great story. And certainly, uh, I think, a story that showcases the faithfulness of God to his glory and to his honor. And, and you talked about a lot of doing, but what is it exactly that <laughs> yeah. OIC does? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and all of this we came to, of course, once we started, because again, we did not know what we were going to be doing and, and how to do this thing. So right now, the way we say it is that we have two what are called delivery systems for our educational, our training product. The two delivery systems are, number one, what we call church leadership training programs. Church leadership training means that we're training pastors through a modular program. Those modules are usually three or four days. They occur once about every six months, although both of those things are very negotiable with our foreign partners. And in those programs, we train pastors and those they bring with them to the training um, how to use the Bible to be able to help people with the struggles of their souls, we point pastors to the sufficiency of the word. We point pastors to the need to stay focused on the heart and not on problems. And we actually, in those training programs between the modules, give the pastors what we call projects for growth. So there's reading and there's writing. 
uh, projects. There's Bible study projects, there, and we actually translate books into foreign languages, many foreign languages now, so that pastors will have resource material in their own language uh, concerning biblical counseling. And they go through these four modules, and through that, not only projects for growth, but also a practicum so that during the training program, uh, they are actually learning to do and being held accountable for best practices when it comes to biblical counseling activity. So it's a training program, a conference or a seminar. We, we say very clearly in Module 1, hey, guess what? This is Module 1. At the end of Module 1, there's going to be projects for growth. And if you do the projects for growth, you can come back for Module 2. And if you don't, you can't. Yeah. Because this is not a seminar or a series of seminars. This is a training program. And we're actually going to train you to do biblical counseling. So that's one of the delivery systems. The other delivery system is graduate academic programs. And this is where you came on board originally as the director of graduate academic programs with OIC. This is something that we did not see coming, did not seek. Um, but uh, here's what happened. I'll just tell briefly. Yeah. Uh, we were in Egypt, and I was asked to teach a course in, uh, in Egypt in 2007. So this is shortly after we started. And the school with which we were participating, with which we were partnering to teach this program, <laughs> this, um, it, the course was called Issues in Counseling, whatever that means. I just treated it like an introduction to biblical counseling program. Uh, I found out that the president of the school, the, the uh, college there, the seminary, uh, didn't like the idea of counseling even being in the curriculum, didn't want the course, didn't know me, didn't trust me, therefore, and uh, assigned himself to be the interpreter for me, basically so that he could check it out and uh, correct whatever I would say that would be wrong, which he assumed is what I was going to be doing. That was 2007. There were uh, 40 men in that program. It was just one of the most memorable times of our lives because I would begin to say something. I'm talking about biblical sufficiency for soul care. And as I would say something, 10 guys would. Th this is not American Western culture where people raise their hands to be acknowledged in the classroom and ask. A, no. In that culture, if you have a question or a comment, you stand up and start screaming at the, at the professor. And so I was sitting there and I would say something that went contrary to what they had learned in psychological principles. And 10 guys would stand up and they'd, ah, they'd start, blah, 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 right? And I'm kind of thinking, yikes, what's going on here? It was really exciting <laughs> and a little scary, actually. Sure, yeah. um, the president, who was interpreting finally uh, calmed them down. That was helpful. But then also during that class, he said to me privately, Wayne, do, do you know what we need in Egypt? We need a master's degree in biblical counseling. Could you, could you do something like that? And I said, well, I could draw a curriculum plan and I could show you what we have. And next thing you know, two years later, we're actually beginning a master's degree in biblical counseling in Egypt. We didn't seek it, it sought us, and this was clearly God's plan for what he wanted to be done. Hearing about that, another theological school in Ukraine contacted us and said, um, could you do with us what you're doing in Egypt, um, connecting with and partnering with a theological school to offer a master's degree in biblical counseling? Sure, I guess we could do that. Next thing you know, it happened in the Philippines and so on. 
And out of that have come this series now of worldwide master's degree programs in biblical counseling in partnership with conservative evangelical theological schools. Most of what we do is still the CLTs, the church leadership training, the pastoral training in the nations. We also do then this other thing, which is the graduate academic programs uh, in places around the world. So this is what OIC does now. Yeah. Well, you shared with us one uh, powerful story of how God used uh, the sufficiency of his word uh, to impact the lives of those people and to get the graduate program, which was not initially something you thought about doing, but certainly got that off the ground. And, and uh, I know now we're, we're teaching in six different locations in five different countries, and uh, that's pretty remarkable. It's amazing. It, it sure is. So I, I would love to hear, if you, if you could, if you could just share maybe one more story of just how the Lord has led. Uh, I know that there are many. <laughs> I know that. I've been, I've been with you enough to know that, and it's, and it's remarkable to hear that. But just, just one story uh, in addition to that one that happened in Egypt, but, but just another story of, of just God showing up and, and really doing something remarkable. Yeah. Okay. So, and you're right, there are a lot of them, so I'm sorting through the catalog in my mind. Sure. Here's a recent one that I think is just... Um, so much, it indicates so clearly what I have come to believe, and that is that this ministry represents something that God saw that needed to be done, international biblical counseling training, pastors around the world. We have a plethora of resources at well-trained people, good biblical counseling centers all across America, to the extent that now the truth is, if a pastor in America wanted truly biblical sufficiency-based soul care training, he wouldn't have to go very far to get it. But around the world, that was simply not true in 2006. It's still largely not true in many places. So this ministry is a response to something that God recognized, I think, needed to be done, and somehow I got in the way. <laughs> and in uh, the development of OIC has been... Um, Remarkable to me, I, I'm very clear about the fact that I'm not smart enough, not clever enough, not creative enough to, I'm certainly not a good enough manager to have developed or had a master plan to have uh, dozens of missionaries in dozens of countries doing this kind of work all over the world. This is what God needed to get done. And here's one illustration. I was teaching um, at a Church, um, Grace Fellowship Church in, in the Florence, Kentucky, where Brad Bigney is the pastor. It's one of our supporting churches. And uh, one of the men there ran up the aisle to see me. Um, I thought, this guy's very enthusiastic about whatever he just heard. <laughs> sure. I don't know who he is. But he began speaking to me excitedly with an Australian accent and saying to me, Wayne, OIC has to get to El Salvador. And I'm thinking, no, we don't. So hold on. You have an Australian man in Kentucky yep. telling you, we need to go to El Salvador. That's exactly okay, right. Okay, got it. Yep. And I'm thinking, okay, why would he? And so he introduced himself. It's Steve Ham. Steve is Ken Ham's brother, Answers in Genesis. He is the international ministry director at that time for Answers in Genesis. About half the Creation Museum staff goes to church at Grace Fellowship Church. 
And he's one of them that did at that time. Now, he's since become a pastor himself, and he's pastoring a church in Cincinnati, Ohio. But Steve was very enthusiastic. And I thought, Steve, why would I, why would I go to El Salvador in Central America? He said, Wayne, there's a pastor there. His name is Javier. This guy has come on his own dime three times to our CDTs, the track one of their counseling and discipleship training at Grace Fellowship Church. One year, he came three months in a row. The next year, he came to the advanced track three months in a row. And he's saying, Steve, we need biblical counseling training in El Salvador. And Steve is saying to me, Wayne, he's the guy, and that's the kind of a church that you want to partner with. I thought, well, I guess I can go there and meet him and sure. see the church and what's the harm, right? Truthfully, in our thinking, El Salvador is close. It's <laughs> just just Central America. It's not even across an ocean. It's okay. So I flew down and I met Javier and his team. And come to find out, this church, Gracia Sobre Gracia, Grace Upon Grace, that's the name of the church. I love that name for a church. Javier, it's a large church, a couple of thousand people, and a large pastoral team. And Javier is saying, we need this kind of training, not only for Salvadorans, but for pastors all over El Salvador. Would you come? And I'm thinking, okay, they surely meet the profile theologically, logistically, so on. So we planned for Module 1. When we show up for Module 1, there are 425 people at Module 1 probably 250 pastors, including one pastor and his wife from Bolivia, a guy who flew from La Paz up to San Salvador to take biblical counseling training that he heard about somehow. And we just had an amazing time. This was one of the most well-organized and most enthusiastic programs we've ever had. But of course, the pastor from Bolivia then comes to me personally and says, Wayne, you need to bring this training to Bolivia. <laughs> sure we do. And not too long ago, we sent a representative to Bolivia to meet with him in his place to do what we call a relationship building trip to check on the logistics and, and the compatibility uh, with that church. And the report came back. Yep, that's a good partner. We can do this here. And we are now looking forward to starting our training program, our CLT in Bolivia. So this is what God has done, and that story could be multiplied many times all over the world. Contacts that come to us, opportunities that God opens doors, hundreds of folks being trained, hundreds of pastors, churches being impacted, and then from that, even the extension to other places to do the same thing all over again. Well, Wayne, it certainly is, as you've said, it's an amazing story of God's faithfulness and certainly His grace and uh, empowerment. And uh, just from me to you, I just wanted to let you know, thank you for so much for just being, uh, being a model of that faithfulness and being willing to recognize the fact that there is a need, and so let's do something about it. And so I think that's, um, anyway, it just speaks volumes to your character. It speaks volumes to the work of God in so your life. Deo Gloria. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's an absolute privilege uh, to be able to just share with you the story of OIC. God has uh, been incredibly faithful. We know that he will continue to be faithful. Uh, he is very interested in glorifying his name around the world. This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. 
You can learn more about the biblical counseling movement around the world at bcworldwide.org, where you will find encouraging and informative videos and articles. If you'd like to know more about the ministry of OIC, go to our website, discoveroic.org. Will you consider giving to the efforts of OIC to train biblical counseling trainers around the world? If so, you can give electronically through our website. Additionally, if you would like to keep up to date on how you can pray for us, please go to our website and sign up to become an OIC insider at discoveroic.org. I'll meet you next time here at BC Worldwide.